Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I am your host, Robin LaCrosse. And today, I have a very interesting conversation lined up with you with Dr. Gary Bell. I know I just had him on the show very recently, and we had a second topic come up that we wanted to talk about. So today, we are going to be talking about erectile dysfunction. I know this is a very sensitive topic for many. So let me introduce to you Dr. Gary Bell. He has an EDD in psychology and is a licensed marriage and family therapist in California and Washington State. He has worked over 600 critical incidents nationally and was the West Coast crisis responder for the cruise lines. His primary focus is on first responders, debriefing them and specializing in treatment of acute trauma and PTSD. Dr. Gary has taught various psychology topics at the University of California at Fullerton and San Bernardino the U.S. Department of Defense, and various other locations. He is the host of Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Dr. Gary was practicing as a sole practitioner in Southern California for 18 years, and more recently, the last two years, with Seattle Christian Counseling in Seattle, Washington. Currently, he has a Christian book called The Good Book of Mental Hygiene, which was just published in March. Thanks, Dr. Gary, for being with us today. Well, thanks for letting me be on with your listeners. Yes, we're really happy to have you back on the show again. So today we are talking about something that's pretty serious and I know has like a significant impact on men, probably much greater than someone as myself, as a woman, would realize. Oh, absolutely. And that's erectile dysfunction. So can we start out with just like... I know people know what it is, but let's just like get like a definition of what is erectile dysfunction. Sure. Erectile dysfunction is when a a man feels like he wants to have sex, but he can't seem to get the libido to get it up. And so basically he's, he's limp and unable to perform. And then it gets in his head and it develops a, a, a kind of an anxiety or a panic that any time that uh, sex is initiated, it's something that he just can't come through with. Some men can uh, not get, a, they don't get an erection, but they can actually, you know, come and or have an orgasm. Uh, other men, they just can't deliver whatsoever. And so it's become quite a, quite an epidemic uh, since probably, as I understand it from the research, about the late 1990s, Uh, Back then, it wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't something that people really made a big deal about. But as we've moved into so much complex birth control, people have recreational sex. And so it's an expectation they could just have sex every day. And we're really not built for that, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, unless you're a teenager. Um, (laughs) Or women in their 30s. Um, Right, right. But but the deal is is that that sense of uh, testosterone, that sense of got to get it, got to get it done, it, it dwanes in people. And as they get older, you know, we're not really not supposed to be 
making babies, but people have this expectation that they do. And so our bodies haven't really caught up with our technology and our minds and our, our, the day and age that we're in. So now it's, it's a problem if you can't get it up. Yeah. And then you bring an interesting point, like times have changed. I think, you know, maybe say, let's just say 50 years ago, you know, just to make sure we go back far enough that people, you know, as women hit menopause, there was an expectation that your interest in sex would go down. And, um, you know, working with older women, myself, and, you know, various things that I've done over the years, there's been kind of that dialogue that as you get older, you know, things don't work as well. So that, you know, also includes for men. And so there's like kind of a this expectation as you get older the sexual drive expectations frequency all is expected to decline and then you also have on this other hand there's like a movement of people saying that you should be able to enjoy sex you know into your later years you know and and have it be great sex and so you have these two conflicting opinions and so which one is right is I thought the one is yeah. right or wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you believe? What do you What are you supposed to believe? You know. Well, you know, it's 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 up to the individual, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of complications to it that people have to get through. Uh, number one is if you've had some kind of erectile problem, there's an anxiety that can build up and a pattern that can build up inside you that in your brain that makes you panic having sex. And so it's just is a, is a, is a big problem. Um, the other thing that, that is a big part of it is that some people take care of their bodies up and through their eighties, their health is good and that they're able to perform uh, because they've never made it an issue. Um, they've never, they've put health first and they've been able to sustain themselves. Unfortunately, most people don't. I mean, we're the fattest country in the world here in the United States. I mean, we just are, are not very healthy people all in all. I'm not saying that as a population, a lot of people don't take care of themselves. They do. But unfortunately, we are more stationary. We sit on our butts in front of computers all day long. Movement is a very rare thing. And even exercise may not be able to overcompensate for what we do in in the time that we're just sitting down doing nothing and so that in itself weight body concept how you think of your body how you think of yourself uh, and also you know the idea of a man in this culture is a lot different than what it used to be you know people used to value the masculine traits the uh, the gender identity of a man the gender identity of a woman well now that's not there and so what do you springboard off of? What do you use as an example from a sexual perspective? That's all very complex nowadays. Yeah, and we know that the brain has a huge role in arousal and ability to perform and things like that too. Yeah, you know, and, and I talk to couples that have this problem. And what's really interesting is they're usually sitting on two ends of the couch. <laughs> okay. And there's a distance between them. And quite frankly your sexual body space is that two feet around you, which is your energy, where your energy is. And people that don't enter that energy often end up being roommates because they lose their sexuality for each other because they don't touch anymore. They don't hold hands. They don't, they don't just give a kiss on the forehead, you know, pat on the back, a touch, just simple things that you could do probably 12 and 20 minutes, 20 seconds in a day. Unfortunately, they don't do that because they end up using the bedroom as a battle space. And uh, unfortunately, 
that entering of that space, they lose their intimacy with each other. So when you say using the bedroom as a battle space, what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of people have resentment for each other. Let's say they don't feel heard. They feel disrespected. They feel like one has a power differential from the other, maybe financial, maybe emotional. Maybe one's running the family and the other one's making a living and they both resent each other because neither validates each other for the job they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so they take it out on the place that's most intimate and most uh, emotional, which is the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bedroom, um, in my opinion, should for sure be like a sacred kind of space, which I know a lot of times it's not like people eat in bed, they'll watch TV in bed and not to judge anybody who's doing that. But having like that sacred space like that kind of that agreement that there's it's a space for one sleeping and also for spending intimate time together oh exactly exactly Mm -hmm. you know that's exactly what that space is for Mm -hmm. the other thing that's that's strange is uh that we've not really come to face is that pornography is just all over the place. I mean, it's, it's just in your face, all over computers, smartphones, everywhere. And so masturbation, people, mas- these, people masturbate like crazy, like, like rabbits. I mean, if you think they have sex a lot, they masturbate 20 times more than they have sex. And it's unfortunate because that kills your sex drive too. Um, you know, especially as you get older, it takes longer for you to build back the desire to um to have sex you know mm-hmm. to get to be able to restore to have another orgasm yeah very interesting i mean you've you've hit so many things here that i kind of want to just dive deeper in. and the, you know i do want to actually spend some time talking about pornography because there's a whole bunch of things there that that we could talk about but before we actually hit that topic um one of the things that you were talking about like the space you know what people sitting on different ends of the couch you know the distance within the relationship it sounds like there's a a bunch of things here that could also being be underlying the whole problem of erectile dysfunction and it has to do with maybe the health of the relationship and how the two people involved feel about each other yeah i mean marriage if you really look at it if it's not working, it can be the loneliest place in the world um, with two people that aren't talking, that aren't resolving conflict, that aren't compromising, that aren't celebrating or have joy with each other. Um, a lot of people are too busy and they take each other for granted and they simply lose that emotional connection that's necessary to have intimacy in a real way. Um, I, you know, I always talk about married sex. Married sex is like you know, rabbits and <laughs> honeymoon and all that stuff is like getting to know you. <laughs> right, so, right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're oftentimes not in that phase when they're not communicating well or respecting each other. Mm. So how can we like, a lot of times there's, you know, years of stuff under the bridge. And so like, how can couples, you know, start to unpack some of that stuff? Is that like... Like if there's just like years of resentment that have built up and you've been taking each other for granted for a long period of time and, and you want to, you know, kind of shift that in the relationship and start to kind of, you know, increase the intimacy. Like what are best ways to do that? Like it sounds like probably a conversation, um, I'm just thinking out loud here, to express that desire with your partner. But then beyond that, I don't know, would you suggest like couples therapy or are there things that couples can do well, on their therapy own? therapy is very good it- 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on the therapist. You know, sure, some sure. people that do therapy need therapy more than the, <laughs> more than their clients. Uh, uh, so yeah, you need a good uh-huh. match. You need to do your homework. You don't sure, want to sure. just go to somebody that has availability and go, woohoo. Right. You know, right. <laughs> you know I just think it's a very personal, you know, decision. But but coming from that, you know, there are things that can be done immediately. And it's really just a change of, of attitude towards each other. And that's becoming better listeners, respecting each other enough to hear each other's perception. Doesn't mean you have to agree, but simply, you know, validating. Okay, so what you're telling me is this. I understand. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you agree with them, but at least you said I heard you. And right. these people that have arguments over 20, 30 years that, that are the same arguments over and over and over again, that, that means they're, they're horrible listeners. They're stepping all over each other. They're immature. They're trying to parent each other. They're trying to hold each other legally accountable for every little thing. They don't trust each other. And that's the bottom line. When in a relationship, if you don't trust, um, the love doesn't grow. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, the love grows. And so in therapy, you work on trust. And Mm -hmm. so trust means we eliminate all trust issues and get rid of them. And that means we, we establish a pipeline to stop that. But the other thing is, the people that make the mistakes or, or have been perceived to be in error need to accept that that perception is there, whether they like it or believe it or not. And they have to ask the other person to have faith in them that they can resolve this problem or this perception. The other thing is, if you fundamentally look at... Um, marriage, uh, you can always measure it on a couple of ingredients. And they're they're from 30,000 feet up. If you screw these up, everything else gets screwed up. Mm -hmm. Number one is in a a relationship, a woman is always going to measure the man on am I cherished? And this is worldwide. And then whatever religion, whatever country, am I cherished? And, And cherished means I don't even know why she's with me. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have her. She's my best friend. And it's that way when you're with her and it's that way when you're not with her. Mm-hmm. And so it's simply feeling that she is the center of his life. And if she's not feeling cherished, she's going to nag that guy to the end of time and that, or, or the, their partner till the end of time. They're going to nag and nag and nag because they're wondering, who are you cherishing? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is it work? Is it another woman? Is it, what is it? Because you're not spending that on me. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the vow. The other thing is men feel demasculated if they're not heard. And heard in a marriage, in other words, is respect. They don't feel respected. And, and by the way, respect and listening is all part of cherish. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, and women, you know, men have to understand that women take men in. So, you know, from a, from a health perspective, that's very dangerous. And they have a much more sophisticated uh, set of organs down there that are very sensitive. The, the other thing is, is that women get pregnant. And once they get pregnant, their body gets blown up and then they have to recover and it never comes back the way they want it to. And so they wonder about, am I attractive? Mm-hmm. And, and if the husband is not attracted and they're overwhelmed by having a baby, having her attention 24 by seven and jealous and all that stuff, there are going to develop uh, uh, sexual issues in that, in that situation, you know? So I, you know, I come at it from that perspective, 
mm-hmm. um, the where where are the resentments? Where are the trust issues? And we, we I attack them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I attack the defense mechanisms around them. Yeah, defensiveness, that's that's a big one. So let's take a quick commercial break and I'd like to ask you some questions when we get back about that. Sure. All right, we'll be right back. Are you sick of condoms? Does hormonal birth control make you feel sick? Does it cause you to gain weight or kill your sex drive? Do you wish there was a better way to manage your fertility that didn't involve putting artificial hormones in your body? There is a better way, and I've been using it successfully to manage my fertility for over 25 years. It starts with a greater understanding of the female body and a deep dive into exploring your own body and cycle to discover what is normal for you. In my online course, you'll learn about the female cycle and natural birth control methods. I'll teach you my fertility freedom formula so that you'll know how to successfully apply this information to provide you with the level of protection you need to feel comfortable to engage sexually without fear of getting pregnant or getting a sexually transmitted infection. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Dr. Gary, let's talk about defensiveness because it's really easy to like, quote unquote, say the wrong thing and like trigger somebody or push their button or that sort of thing. And so can we talk about like what, what makes people defensive? You know, like, if, cause you know, nobody's really great at communication. You know, some of us are, are good, but a lot of us, you know, we could use some work in our communication skills and, when we're trying to say, say we're having a, a disagreement or we're having a moment where we want to share some information with somebody and then we, you know, we trigger their defenses and then that shuts down the conversation. So what can we do around that to help prevent that from happening? Well, uh, it's the differentiation of who you really are and your ego. Um, a lot of people live with a lot of ego and ego is who you want everybody to think you are. But underneath it all, we all know that whoever you marry is going to know about everything about you, good, bad, and indifferent, <laughs> probably more than you're willing to admit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and some people take that as an attack on their ego and that's a misplacement. You're supposed to, marriage is the humblest place in the world. You should never use your defense mechanisms on your spouse. You should always be willing to hear what they have to say, even if you think they're absolutely crazy. Because you're never going to get any kind of compromise. You're never going to get any kind of understanding without being able to validate their perception. And that's where you start. And, and quite frankly, most marriage is venting. Almost 95% of the communication that people have is venting. It's, and it's venting, and it gets worse, and, and it gets more 
nasty words and, and, and accusations and all kinds of stuff if the other person doesn't listen and if they become defensive. So in the home, defense mechanisms really should not have their place. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a sense of understanding where people, what people are seeing good, bad, and indifferent. Unfortunately, people build defense mechanisms because they want to have the sense that they're bigger than what they really are. They're surviving well, they're doing well, they're looked high upon, that they have value in this life. And that's all so important to them. But you should already know that. And, uh, you know, if you don't know that, you're going to live in a false image. So it sounds like instead of being defensive, if we feel ourselves getting defensive, the thing to do is to try to set that aside, not take things personal, and be curious to find out more. Exactly. Exactly. And that's called wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, I was telling my clients, I, I have a lot to learn from you too. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a one-way street. Yeah, yeah, we all have so much that we can learn from each other. It's really true. Yep. It's and I do. True. I've I've learned a great amount of wisdom from my clients. You know, mm -hmm. just by hearing them and, and hearing their approach to certain things. Just because they come in on one issue doesn't mean they're not brilliant on some other something else. Oh yeah, yeah. Humans are amazing. It's really true. So I want to circle back to our conversation here with erectile dysfunction. And I'm just looking at my notes here because you did say a lot of really interesting things. Um, I want to kind of go back to the whole anxiety response about, you know, the performance anxiety thing. I know that there's, that there's a lot of reasons why erectile dysfunction may happen. You know, health issues are probably the things that I'm personally most familiar with being a holistic health practitioner. But I know that there's other um, reasons which you mentioned anxiety being one. So let's talk a little bit more about anxiety and how that plays in. And, um, and then also if there's other reasons too why erectile dysfunction may present a problem, we can talk about those too. Well, you know, life's a faith-based venture. And if you're going to live in fear, you're never going to get anything done. So if you're going to be, if you're going to predict disaster, you're going to have a limp biscuit. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the deal is, is to, to look at your success. You know, sex isn't just intercourse. Sex is a whole orchestra of beautiful back and forth, touching, feeling, talking. You know, when people just look at sex as sex, they, they tend to lose the idea of what it really is. It's intimacy, and it's about celebrating each other's body, celebrating each other's spirit, celebrating each other's mind. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very comprehensive process. So if you focus on orgasm, you have the wrong intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just that being... So you need, to, you need to change the intention to pleasing your partner. And pleasing can come in so many different ways. And when we start to please each other and accept each other and begin to really want to be together, what really happens is all these problems of erectile tend to go away. You know, but if it's reality, that if it's reality, you just can't get it up, then get it. There's, you know, sex industry is a billion dollar industry. Go get something. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. strap it on, do whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but don't deny your partner because if they're there and ready to go, you can, you can, there's other ways to go. Mm-hmm. So you're suggesting uh, people could go out and buy like a sex toy if, uh, if they're, if the penis isn't working to use instead uh, for pleasure purposes. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this things are like band-aids they're not band-aids rubber bands they put on cock ring that's oh yeah yeah and they have cock rings um yeah so there's lots of different things that people could use so what do you think about the medications um i know that that's a huge multi-billion dollar industry um do you think that is a viable solution for for some couples I do think it's a viable solution, um, but I would have to say, and I hate saying buts, but I'd have to say that it becomes a, a habit of mm-hmm. dependence um, because then once you keep doing it that way, you don't really, you don't have the opportunity to really do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you depend on the medication to provide that for you. Mm-hmm. Some people that works because they don't have a real uh orchestrated sex life they just have one-offs and every once in a while and that's fine but but to have a regular sex life uh, i would say that's not the way to go that's the easy way out Mm -hmm. so for somebody so let's say like a couple um you know who's able to make the time on a regular basis to engage sexually that that maybe that consistent um over time activity will be a, a better long-term solution. If building the dialogue, building mm-hmm. that sexual dialogue with each other, you know, mm-hmm. holding hands, ha- you know, you have foreplay all the time you're with each other. You, you're not foreplay, but pre foreplay. Mm-hmm. And that's the touching part. That's the kissing. That's the sense of I'm with you. You know, as I see so many people walk around, they never, never touch each other. Um, and it's sad. Um, but, you know, the people that do, they develop, uh, uh, they still have intimacy. They have some sort of intimacy going on in their relationship. It may not be intercourse, but it's intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we keep that with each other in marriage. If you don't, you get lonely and mm-hmm. bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're saying is we want to do is we want to have like that connection, like through our normal day where we're just like, those little physical touches or, you know, that special smile that we give, you know, our loved one, you know, just like those little things that happen over the course of daily life that help to show our partner that we're still present and engaged and thinking about them in, you know, those intimate and connected ways. Oh, absolutely. It says so much. It means Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are especially out in public and they show public displays of, infect- of affection, it reaffirms their relationship because they're stating, hey, this is my partner. This is my love. This is the love of my life. It's important to have that. And so many people are afraid of, of uh, public signs of affection. You know? Yeah, there's judgment around that too. I know, you know, like the comments, oh, get a room, you know, whatever, you know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, I think we're moving away from that. <laughs> yeah. So, and something that you were saying earlier, just a few minutes ago, was basically making me think, because as a woman, I know it takes me time to get warmed up, you know, so they're, you know, you know how people talk about women need foreplay kind of thing. And what you, I hear you saying is, that men need this too, that they need that physical anticipation, the lead up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, you got to make it safe. 
you got to make it safe and you got to make it look be something where there's not so much of an anticipation of an outcome, but the anticipation of being together in some way without Mm -hmm. a rating, without any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So moving away from that goal oriented sex, which I hear so much, uh, you know, talk about from people who coach couples who are involved in Tantra, who are any kind of coaching, um, helping couples along those lines, you know, the, the common theme is, you know, to move away from that goal oriented sex. Oh yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it should be such a, a wonderful event that's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And if you to take all the pretenses and all the scary stuff away and all the pervert stuff away and take all the labels off of what people are afraid of and just open yourself up to having a, a very deep, intimate relationship with your partner. It could be every time it could be different. Yeah, imagine that. Write your own adventure kind of thing instead of following the predetermined script of what your sexual experience with that partner has looked like every other time before. Which that contributes to ED. ED. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it, it just does. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, looking also at, at the way couples operate, um, you know, they get caught up in this this routine and it gets boring and it gets to the point where they just don't do anything different or they close each other off to, I only want to do that because people hate change. Right. And so sometimes they're afraid of that. And by, if you, if you start limiting the bedroom, you're going to limit the sex life. Mm. Interesting. Maybe we all could benefit from going out and listening to podcasts, for example, who are having some of these conversations around sex and the different things that can be done and ways that you can expand your horizons. Big time. Uh, yeah. So I think that's great. And uh, in light of what's happening in our world right now, it might be a good opportunity to spend some time listening to podcasts and educating ourselves about different topics. Well, let's hope so. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that people really rise above just sitting in front of television and seek wisdom. Because wisdom offers you so many more doors in life when you seek it. Because it's, it's kind of like this. A lot of people, when they take a vacation, they go, oh, I saw the Eiffel Tower or, oh, I saw the, you know, what a, whatever. They see something that they think is famous or whatever, and they, they feel like, okay, that, I've done the vacation now. It, right. Well, it's not that. It, life is a travel. We're travelers. We're supposed to enjoy the process. We're supposed to involve ourselves in the culture of life. We're supposed to celebrate. And why can't our daily lives be that same kind of adventure with each other of discovery? Yes, I agree. You know, when I was young, I realized, uh, I think I was probably 18 years old, and I realized, you know, you have to stop and smell the flowers because if you don't, that flower is gone and you never get another opportunity to do it. And so I made, you know, it was kind of an agreement with myself to like, take the time, stop and be present in those little moments. And those lessons, you know, take time to smell the flowers, follow your bliss, you know, Joseph Campbell. Those were words of wisdom that have served me well to this day. Mm -hmm. So we are going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. 
Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Hey, everyone. We're back. So, Dr. Gary, let's talk a little bit about porn. I know from conversations with other guests on the show that we have an explosion of porn of course because of our smartphones and you know it's just everywhere and now children are getting their hands on it and in some of my conversations um one in particular with uh, Peggy Ornstein who had interviewed a lot of young men um and we discovered that some young men you know teenagers are having trouble getting it up and who ever heard of such a thing? Teenagers <laughs> with erectile dysfunction? Hello, what? Yes. <laughs> How is that even possible? I mean, and this is like not like this is not, you know, somebody who's like obese, you know, has health problems. These are like young, healthy men who God only knows, you know, it's like, why is their parts not working? Well, apparently it has something to do with porn. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, porn takes all the uh, romance away, you know. It, it turns everything into an athletic event. And it's, it's, and the thing about, you know, porn is it's being filmed. And so obviously they can edit, right? <laughs> obviously they can fake, obviously they can make it so much more than it really is in the moment, which they do. And that's the job. Um, that's how they make money is they act and they, they uh, fake it and they do all kinds of crazy stuff uh, that people fantasize about and then people fixate on certain things and, uh, and kids especially, you know, they don't have to try to, you know, uh, go out on a date with somebody. They don't have to, uh, try to try to win a relationship with somebody. They don't have to make a friend. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to spend any money. They can just sit there on their phone and get their get their needs met without ever really uh you know having to engage in a human being and after a while that becomes their the since our brain is is develops familiar patterns and to you know it grabs on to what we're familiar with that becomes their method of erectile rather than having a person there mm-hmm. as a matter of fact they're intimidated having a person there yeah, it's probably very scary because now this person has needs, has expectations, has desires. And up until that point, if all you've been engaging in is porn, then you maybe have no idea how to navigate this new situation. Yeah, I mean, this term we use in this day and age of the virus is uh, the social distancing. And mm-hmm. that's created consequences. It's created enormous consequences from kids' perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of kids that don't ever even want to have a family, unfortunately. You know, they don't feel they need to. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't look at their sexuality as that important because they can get the pornography to replace it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've heard rumors too, which I mean, I'm not 
sure, but I've heard rumors that this is part of the reason why teenagers are waiting to engage sexually because a lot of the kids are, you know, using porn as a way to, you know, stimulate themselves versus going out in the world and, and finding partners. Exactly. Uh, that's, they sit at home in their 30s with mom and dad and that's because they've done porn instead of had relationships and then they've played games and and uh, done video and all that kind of stuff but that's an addiction and it's unfortunate but as they're young that will take their developmental life away mm-hmm. and you know what's interesting is I've had guys that have been addicted to porn and, and girls and then they they there's a program I can't remember what it is but the, it's set up where uh it tells all of their friends that have porn issues if they're viewing porn again. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> to hold so, them accountable. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And then their friends are like, what's up? You know? <laughs> right, right. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you need to come out and uh, hang out with your friends a little bit more. But, but you know, it takes, honestly... These people that are the uh, pornography addicted into their 30s, it will take at least almost a year for them to rebuild and be able to initiate a relationship sexually on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So basically, it takes a year to reprogram those pathways in order to... And be completely upfront about it that you've had this problem before with your partner so that Mm -hmm. they can work with you on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, assuming that they have a partner. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what if they don't? I mean, like, if you don't have a partner and you're trying to break a porn addiction and rebuild other pathways, like, how would you do that? Well, first of all, you've got to get your sexuality back. That means you got to stop jacking off and the the or masturbating. Uh, the the second thing is is that with you know if you're going to be with a partner, you're going to have to learn how to be attracted to every part of them Mm -hmm. and that means you need to find parts of them whether it's their soul whether it's their personality whether it's their butt whether it's their feet whether whatever it is their smile whatever it is you need to make each part of them attractive to you and that's a very important component of sexuality that that you look at your partner as beautiful in every way Mm-hmm. And if yeah. it's not beautiful in the way you think it is, you need to make it beautiful. Find ways to to reprogram your brain, your brain basically. Yeah, and people that do the pornography tend to be looped through relationships very quickly um, because they they either don't want to be you know confronted <laughs> mm-hmm. or they just aren't attracted anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when you say not attracted, do you mean like the person who's been in pornography, you know, who has had the pornography addiction is not attracted to the person anymore? And then. Yeah, it's not worth up. it's not worth all right. the compromise because, you know, they can just go back to pornography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's know, kind of, we as people, we're, we're a pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, in, in relationships are like, you know, the, the big like if you want to grow, you know get in a relationship or start a business or have a kid, you know, that it's like those three things are going to push your buttons more than anything else will and force you to, to grow as a person. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really, you know, a lot of people don't like to do hard 
you know, but it takes hard and it takes an investment in your relationship and an investment in your partner, um, an emotional investment, which is not logical, by the way, and, and, and really trust that person with that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. So someone who, say, has, who has had a porn addiction, you know, how can, um, there's like two different trust issues. I'm thinking, well, one, they probably need to have build up trust, sharing themselves sexually with their partner. And then their partner may also feel like they need to build up trust because for some people, porn, it feels like a, you know, like a breach of, of the relationship, you know, like a trust issue, or I hesitate to say like cheating, but you know, some people do kind of put pornography kind of on that level of being cheating or unfaithful in some way. You know, it, rightfully so in some regards. Um, I think people go a little crazy with it, but uh, in a sense of confronting by, you know, throwing their partner around and doing whatever. But the bottom line is, um, how do you compete with pornography? Nobody yeah. can. Right. Because there's so many varieties of things that a person can become attracted to. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing on the internet is you can obsess on one thing and then go to another thing and then go to something else that's entirely different mm-hmm. and, and then form an attraction to each of those and then burn that out and go to something else, go to something else. And that's what they do. And so that means you've got so much variety, your partner can never meet that need. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, average woman, you know, how can you compare to a porn star body? You know, it's like, you can't, the plastic surgery, the skinny, you know, all this, you know, it's like, you just can't, you can't compete with that. No. And, but you know, do you want to wake up with a porn star? Or do you want to wake up with a real human being? Yeah. I mean, I would pick the real human being. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get, there's yeah. so many more levels of intimacy with somebody that's a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not to say that porn stars aren't real people, but they're, you know, the, what they're portraying is not a, a relationship, you know, it's like, no, it's a way to make a living. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about ED some more. Whoopee. Are you sick of condoms? Does hormonal birth control make you feel sick? Does it cause you to gain weight or kill your sex drive? Do you wish there was a better way to manage your fertility that didn't involve putting artificial hormones in your body? There is a better way, and I've been using it successfully to manage my fertility for over 25 years. It starts with a greater understanding of the female body and a deep dive into exploring your own body and cycle to discover what is normal for you. In my online course, you'll learn about the female cycle and natural birth control methods. I'll teach you my fertility freedom formula so that you'll know how to successfully apply this information to provide you with the level of protection you need to feel comfortable to engage sexually without fear of getting pregnant or getting a sexually transmitted infection. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. 
Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So, Dr. Gary, what happens when erectile dysfunction is kind of like ruling the day and the marriage just becomes like a sexless marriage? Then, you know, from a therapeutic perspective, we do what's called sensate focus. And sensate focus is just simply focusing on pleasing certain parts of the body. Mm Mm-hmm whether that's a massage, whether that's just, uh, you know, touching each other in an intimate place. But, but what, basically what it's meant to do is to take the fear, take the anxiety out of the moment and just focus on one thing. And then you build on that as a dialogue over the week and then over the month. And as we move more towards intercourse, hopefully sooner than later, um, that's how we get there. We build on a, a dialogue of sexuality, of what pleases and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is uh, you know, I know it sounds stupid, but love coupons. <laughs> love coupons means that you write three things down, you throw them in a jar, each uh, each person, and you pull one out, and that's what you got to do tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it can't be uh, orgasmic. It's got to be more about a pleasure center. Okay. So, so they each get something out of the intimacy. So like you're what you like you could have a little slip of paper that has like a neck rub or another paper that has a foot rub or another one that says do the dishes or something like that. <laughs> I don't well, know. Maybe. Hopefully it's do sexual, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh if the dishes were done, like that would be a load off my mind and then I could focus focus on sex, right? <laughs> Then I can focus on your foot rub. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I won't be stressing about the dishes. Yeah. Uh So, yeah, that's an interesting thing. So, that's basically a way to kind of keep it random and um, making sure that the couple stays engaged. Exactly. And they both get something out of it. Mm -hmm. That it isn't just an empty event. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a cool, cool idea. So, love coupons. What else can people do if they're, you know, kind of in a space in their marriage where they're not really having sex right now? Is improve their communication. Talk about it. Talk about it, but don't label it. Talk about it in a sense of how we can overcome fear. Mm-hmm. Talk about it and how we can become closer to each other. Mm-hmm. Talk about what we like. You know, people that talk about sex have better sex. That's true. Mm-hmm. People that talk during sex often have better sex. And also, you know, if you know that's going to be a sexy day or a day where there's going to be some form of intimacy, wear clothes that make you feel attractive. Not maybe your partner, but what make you feel attractive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you feel good about yourself, that energy radiates outwards and people notice. Exactly. And that's a very important element in, into, into uh, you know, helping each other out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Being, when, being in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, if you're in the right mindset, if you're wearing clothes that make you feel good, that you think you look good in, your partner's going to notice that and be like, oh, yeah, she looks good or he looks good, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So let's you talk know, a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because um, I was just talking about men and women, but what about like gay relationships? I mean, we haven't touched on that at all. Yeah, gay relationships have the same problems. I mean, mm-hmm. it can it can lose steam, you know, especially with men, you know, if they're going to have, you know, intercourse, anal intercourse, then, you know, you're going to have to have a pretty stiff... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have us have the stiff penis. It's going to have yeah, to work. It, it better be pretty stiff. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, bottom line is, is something that, that, you know, they have to, they have to overcome the same problems and in, in the same solutions. And that has to do with their sense of togetherness, but also, you know, with gay uh, people, if they're living in a community, especially a suburban area, they're going to have a lot more trouble with their sense of feeling secure as gay people, because obviously people in suburban communities form are not exposed to gay as much as you are in an inner city. Mm-hmm. And so there's tends to be a difference in how people view you. And oftentimes many people take that in personally and, and, and then they feel guilt for having the sexuality and the attractiveness that they have. And then that affects them also, mm-hmm. um, or the sense that they can't be intimate with their partner in public. Or they, you know, they don't seem to be able to show their affections in the ways they want to. And that carries over into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then let's talk a little bit too about like, um, you know, the insecurity that people might feel, you know, about like their sexuality or their body image. Because um, I know that is going to impact on, on, say, for example, a man's ability to. Well, you know, as you get old, it, it's hard to maintain any form of beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Your your beauty skill keeps slipping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have to find different things. Beautiful. (laughs) You know, we have to go with the times. You don't want to fight the times you want to, you want to accept that, you know, now I'm with a partner at a different age and I need to find that beautiful too. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's the other thing. If you don't like your body, you're not going to be very sexy and you're not going to be very sexual. And so the deal is you, you've got to make peace with your body. It's a floating target. You are where you are. If you're 100 pounds overweight, that's where you're at. But if you want to have more sex life, you can't just sit there and moan and be a victim. You've got to get off your butt and do something about it. And if that's diet and exercise, which usually it is, it will work if you're disciplined. But, you know, if, if, if you have let yourself go and not taking care of your health, then you need to do something hard in your life. And that means to take care of yourself and show that you can survive rather than have to depend on other people to wipe your butt when you're old. And what about, like, for example, people who are in good health and, I mean, at least outwardly, it seems that way. You know, maybe like there's maybe some cardiovascular issues, like maybe a little high blood pressure, but like there's no overweightness or, and the diet's okay. Like, and still, I mean, people in this particular situation still get affected by erectile dysfunction. So what do you think about that? Um, Usually that is driven from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually that's more in their head. Okay. Uh, But some people with diabetes, for instance, have, erectile dysfunction some people that have heart disease have erectile dysfunction you know uh, cancer obviously you're going to have some erectile dysfunction so really heavy disorders like those diseases Mm -hmm. come with that edd ed thing 
right. unfortunately. But right. in life, if someone's healthy and they're taking care of themselves and they still have that problem, it usually has to do with anxiety. And okay. it has to do with their sense of insecurity. And maybe, you know, I can tell you if a guy, especially a young guy, if he's in shape and then he can't get it up with somebody that's sexy and attractive, that is like a huge post-traumatic stress disorder event because mm -hmm. now he doesn't know what to do. He's afraid that he's going to be rejected again and again and again because he can't get it up and, and girls are going to stop wanting him. Mm -hmm. And when they find out, they're going to make fun of him. And uh, then they're going to have better sex with other people. And if they're in the same community, he's going to feel a sense of let down. Mm -hmm. um, men, as they get older, if they take care of their health um, and they're not doing well in the bedroom and maybe their partner's not really happy about that, they have a sense of insecurity that other people are viewing them that way. And that mm -hmm. just builds on their own insecurity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it sounds like the mental, um, what's going on inside the mind has a huge role to play in the ability to uh, achieve and maintain erections. Exactly. And then there's people that have fast ejaculation. They're, they're just two seconds and it's boom. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And that's a different problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that problem, it's interesting because the same place in your brain that you cry is where you have orgasms. Oh, we hold our breath when we cry and we hold our breath when we have orgasms. Hmm. And so people that have very fast ejaculation are holding their breath the whole time they're having sex and they're driving the orgasm immediately. If they would breathe during sex, they would have a better chance at having a elongate, more elongated experience. Hmm. Interesting. Good tip for people who are. Uh... We're very quick out the gate then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gary. This has been like a very interesting and enlightening conversation. I'm sure people will learn a lot from it. Um, and before we wrap things up here, um, what can men do just to make sure that their penis is functioning long into their old age? If yeah. you could like, like leave our listeners with like, uh, here's, here's like the top, you know, two or three things you could do to make sure your parts are working. What would you tell yes. people? Yes, absolutely. Don't make the bedroom a, a performance experience. Make it an experience of enjoying each other. Number two is take care of your body. Take care of your body. Your, your, your penis is a muscle. And if you stuff it full of fat, it's going to have a hard time getting the blood flow that you need to get things done. And if you don't take care of yourself, your penis is going to come flappy just like everything else. The third thing is, is take supplements, you know, like take a, like Nugenics has a really good uh, total T supplement. It's kind of expensive, but it's worth it because those kind of things build your testosterone naturally and, uh, and make your body do the work. Uh, rather than you depending on shots from the doctor, it's a natural type of supplement that does the same thing. And so it gives you the chance to get out of the gate a lot more than just, uh, you know, depending on Viagra or something like that. Mm -hmm. Great. Thanks so much, Dr. Gary. I really appreciate your time here today. And um, 
I know last time we spoke, um, we were giving away a copy of your book, and we didn't actually talk about um, if you were still wanting to give away copies or what you wanted oh, to Oh, yeah, do. absolutely. Yes. It's called mm-hmm. The Good Book of Mental Hygiene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's on yeah. Amazon right now. Perfect. I'm, I'm just excited about it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming in my brain. I just had to have the format to make it happen. And nice. it finally just hit me, and then it came out like a roller coaster. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and inspiration strikes and, you know, spirit channels, that stuff, you know, just get out of the way and let it come through. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was in shock how fast I wrote the book, but it, it's, you know, it, it, it did what I wanted to do. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned, we, uh, we actually aired your episode today, which we are pre-recording this particular episode. And what Thank I decided you, to do is... Um, we were we were giving away 10 copies of your book and I knew that this interview was going to be coming up here. So I was put my deadline out an extra week. So we have a month to promote your book and your giveaway and uh, we will let people know on this. Robin, too. I, I can't, I, I can't wait to listen to the show. I, I hope it helps people and I can't wait to have you on my show on uh, 11 o'clock next Tuesday for birth control and the zombie apocalypse with asking questions. Cause you're going to do a show on that, but I want to ask you questions about that show. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to, uh, to be on your show and have that conversation because I think it's very valid in the current environment that we are in right now with everybody staying at home and uh, under lockdown nationwide. So, and we know what's going to happen nine months from now. Yes. Yes. We are going to have the baby boom. So uh, yeah, we are definitely going to be talking about birth control in the zombie apocalypse because, (laughs) 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 you know, it's like uh, a couple months from now, it could be like walking dead. Who knows? I mean, gosh, we don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know, but I know there'll probably be an explosion of amateur porn out there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. Well, that's one way to make money when your company has shut down. Yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can't catch anything that way. So no viruses from, uh, at least not for humans anyway. We don't know about your computer, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Gary. Um, thank and you, Robin. If anybody's interested in getting in on that giveaway to try to win a copy of Dr. Gary's book, you can go to holisticsexedradio.com and we have a link right there at the top of the page that you can go to to register to enter for the giveaway. So thanks again, Dr. Gary. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Robin. Thanks. It's been great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.